13 to 17, that teenage time period after I had been baptized and I was attending the, the church family there in Winslow. And my folks had not gotten back in the habit of uh, being disciples of Jesus at that point. So I went there uh, with others. And I, I, I guess we had our own prayer pals arrangement. And I didn't realize it like we're doing today. Because before communion, if you were involved, uh, a group of guys would gather in one of the side rooms and, and, and talk about who's supposed to go where. And it reminded me a lot of a football chart with X's and O's, and you had to go, and we only had one aisle, but, um, you know, we, we, had to, we had to get it right. And there were some conversations, and just doing this and talking to my prayer pal Corwin uh, has reminded me of some of that, that there were often some wonderful conversations that would happen, and to this day, I can remember some of those. And I remember two of the, uh, the older men talking to each other. And they were having a debate, not an argument. It wasn't mean-spirited. They were having a good conversation. And one of them said, you know, it says in Scripture, this is my body. This is my blood. And I believe that that's what it is. And the other fellow said, well, now, it, I, it represents it. You know it isn't literally his body and blood. It represents it. And the other fellow said, well represent or not as far as I'm concerned it is his body and blood I can still remember that conversation years later I would realize that that conversation has been going on for centuries in the Christian world but that was my prayer pal moment when I was 14 because I got to hear these two adults have a lively conversation like this out in the open where I could hear it And they didn't have all the answers, but boy, they asked the best questions. And one of the reasons they were having that conversation is because they knew that what was going on in that communion mattered, that it was important. Church, for nearly a year now, this verse has been one of the verses that appears on the screen for nearly a year. And that's been intentional because we've been studying from Luke. This is from Luke chapter 22, when Jesus is is going through the Passover supper with his best friends, his disciples, the people that he's closest to, and he takes some bread, and he gave thanks to God, and he broke it in pieces, and he gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Now, what I'd like to do before we serve this, I'd like for you and your prayer pals, imagine that we're all in that preparation room, getting ready to observe this Lord's Supper. And there's going to be some conversation that happens, and then we're going to observe the communion. And since we have our prayer pals next to us, this is a great opportunity to share some of your your thoughts. And I'm, I've got a few questions here that will help us. You don't have to, you can follow these or you can come up with something on your own as well. Now, remember, just like those good folks back in my hometown church, you don't have to have all the answers, but it's okay to have some really great questions about this Lord's Supper that matters. The three questions you might use, one of them responds to what Jesus said. He said, do this to remember me. 
you and your prayer pal might want to ask, how do you remember Jesus? What did he mean? How do you do that? Secondly, you might ask your prayer pal, do you meditate quietly or read scripture during the Lord's Supper? Or, or maybe there's another answer there. I know that for me, I have a lot of options. Sometimes I meditate, sometimes I read scripture, sometimes I enjoy singing a song. That's not for everybody. There's some differences here. In fact, the way I do things may not be exactly like the way somebody else wants to observe the Lord's Supper. But one of the things we learn is that there are differences and we don't all get our way all the time, but we can still help one another get to the real meaning. Third question might be, why is this important to you? And you just answer that from your heart and from what you know about Jesus. Corwin, if you'll start the timer for two minutes, we're going to take two minutes here, and I want to encourage you to talk to your prayer pals or talk to the people in the Pew neighborhood next to you, and when the two-minute timer goes off, I'm going to come up here and we're going to start our communion. Two minutes are yours. You got it? I'd like to ask our communion servers to come to the table, please. And Jesus took some bread, he gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us give thanks. Father, we thank you for the love, the mercy, the grace, the power that was on display on the cross. That Jesus was obedient. He was obedient to you, his Father. And he was willing to sacrifice and give himself so that we might have new life. And Father, even though he had the power and the authority to be rescued and to summon for rescue, he chose to submit himself to the pain and humiliation of the cross. And we are amazed. Father, be with us as with one another we remember you in the taking and the eating of this bread. In Jesus' name, amen. The other verse that has been on the screen for a year is this one. And after we observe the, um, the final part of communion, we'll talk about it. Um, I'll come back and I'll have some questions for you, and that's when we'll start our discussion time. But right now, we're going to observe this other part, the bread and the cup the fruit of the vine, the wine, the, the drink. We're going to, those two parts make up the Lord's Supper because that's the way it would have been on that night. And Jesus then, as, as Luke says, would have taken a cup. It would have been a cup of wine. That would have been the, uh, uh, the tradition in the Passover. But here Jesus adds new meaning to it the same way he did with the bread. The way Luke writes it, he says, after supper, Jesus took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have formed a new covenant with us. 
that even though we have uh, proven to you as a people that over and over again, we struggle to keep our promises, we struggle to keep our covenant, you have always kept your steadfast love. And through your son Jesus, you have formed a new covenant that brings new life. And Father, in the pouring out of his blood, that new covenant is struck. And you have invited us, you have called us to participate in it. And Lord, I pray that we'll not only be consumed with the, with the guilt and the conviction that comes from this, but Father, may we also understand that because of your love, because of the love of Christ, you want us to be saved. You want us to be in a new relationship with you. Father, be with us as we remember Christ in the drinking of this cup. In Jesus' name we pray. I really do appreciate our communion servers. They come together, and we've got a group that organizes them, and then you've got the ones that serve that. And, uh, boy, they, uh, I appreciate what they do. I appreciate all of you who use your gifts to make worship happen. And, you know, we're doing, we're doing that even as we're talking to each other. We're sharing with one another in the Spirit of God. So let's talk about what we've just done. Um, who... Did Jesus invite that night to share this? If you want to think of this as the first communion, this is the first time that the bread and the wine was given that meaning as the body and the blood. If you read Luke's gospel in Luke 22, if you read any of the gospels that talk about this, they make mention of who was there. And it's profound. But that's one of the questions I want you to share each other. We're going to have another two-minute talk. And then ask yourself this, following up on that, does it matter that others are with us at the table of the Lord? If we call it communion, who are we communing with? God is, the, of course, a really good answer. But beyond that, does it matter that others are there? And then finally, this might be a, a, a good one to think about. What is a covenant? That cup that we just drank from, he told us it's a new covenant in his blood. What do we mean by that? Well, I'll tell you what, just like uh, those good people that I was telling you about, we may not have all the answers, but we can come up with some really good questions. So Corwin, start the timer. We'll do another two minutes, and then I've got one more thing that I want us to talk about real quick. Well, I hope you're learning something. And uh, if you didn't finish all your conversation about this right now, you can continue this when we come around the, uh, the lunch table today, and you can continue these conversations and many more. So I want this to be the first conversation that we have about these things, not the last. One, I said there's one more thing that we want to talk about. As uh, disciples of Jesus, there, there are two you might want to call them ceremonies, rituals, or, or activities that we participate in. And when we call it a ceremony or a ritual, that doesn't mean that it is without meaning. 
there is a marriage ceremony and there are marriage rituals and those mean something. They're very important. Uh, likewise, we have every Lord's Day, the first day of every week, we have this communion. And then at certain times, we practice what's called a baptism. And baptism is an English word that we got from the Greek that simply means to uh, immerse or dunk someone in water. Or it just means to cover them up in water. That's what it means. And, and it, and, but it took on the meaning of doing that for a specific purpose so that it's different than just going underwater when you're swimming or going underwater when you're bathing. Uh, Romans 6, there's an apostle named Paul, and he's writing about the meaning of baptism to other believers. And he says, we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So here's another two-minute talk for you about baptism. And you can look at Romans 6, or you can talk about your own experience. But when you see what Paul writes in that one verse there, how is baptism like a death, a burial, and a resurrection? Because the event that we believe is true and the event that we believe represents God's saving ability is that Jesus Christ, he was obedient to God and crucified on the cross. And yes, he was buried. He died. But he was also raised on the first day of the week, on a Sunday. And the meaning of that for what we believe and how we live and what we do is so important in so many ways. So how does baptism connect to that? How does baptism connect us to Jesus Christ, our Lord? And how does it free us from sin? We talk about having all of our sins washed away. Is that what Paul's talking about in Romans? I think it'll be interesting for us to think about this. So let's have another two minutes and think about these things, and we'll see what we come up with. All right, let's talk. All right, just real quickly, I'd like to invite some feedback on this one. Uh, I heard some good stuff with my prayer pal, but I kind of want to know, uh, anybody anybody get, hear anything interesting that, you know, if you're, if you're bold enough and not afraid to speak up, uh, we're not going to have a microphone come around to you or anything like that. How is baptism like a death, burial, and resurrection? Anyone want to share? Yeah, yeah. Noah. And then that's new life, isn't it? Yeah, so Noah was saying that it's, it's almost it, death. You start with death, you're buried in the water, and then you come up, and that's the resurrection. And my prayer pal and I were talking about the fact that, you know, bread is like a body. The, the juice is, is like blood. And now you have this, this watery burial and this resurrection. And so we're united with him. Um, I know that in the youth class, Rick has been teaching them Greek words, and, we, and Corwin and I talked about that, that baptizo means to be drowned, right? Did anybody else mention that, your lesson on baptizo? 
Yeah, I got a lot of them that remembered that. Yeah. Jenny, what did you remember about that word? Ships that sink, people that drown. So, yeah, so baptism, even outside of this, has this idea of, of dying in the water. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, how does it connect us to Jesus? Did anybody have any interesting uh, conversations about that? Mystify you? I'll, I'll tell you one that we talked about. Real quick, just say it if you know it. What river was Jesus baptized in? Jordan. All right, good. I didn't hear Arkansas River or anything like that. That, yeah. So he's baptized in a river. Jesus is baptized. If you think about it, it all comes back to Jesus. He took communion, even like we did. And, he, remem- and he, he mentioned it. He said, this is my body, this is my blood. He was also baptized because he was obedient to his father. And for centuries, the, the early Christians believed, you know, he was baptized in the water, in the river. All the water on earth uh, comes around to the same place. When we are baptized in that same water, we are there with Jesus. It's an interesting way to think about it. Did anyone have any conversations on the third question? How does it free us from sin? Did you hear anything that was just like really, that really struck you? If if, uh, adults, if you want to mention something your prayer pal said to you, that's fine. Because God says so, that's right. God just said this will free you from sin. That's kind of, that's good enough, isn't it? Did you come up with that or your prayer pal John? That's a that's good work. That's good work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, it's a covenant, exactly. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you, guys. Here's that verse again that we started with: "For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism." And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. If you continue to read that passage in Romans, Paul says, if we've been united with Christ like this in his death, then we will certainly also be united with him in the resurrection. One of the reasons that this frees us from sin is that in baptism, we have died to sin. When someone dies, there's a will, there's a testament. Their life is over. And Paul is saying that when we die, that old life that we thought defined us is over. You know, sometimes you have to live a few years to understand that. And a lot of us who are older wish that we had a way to hit an erase button or a delete button on some of the things that we've ever done. And it doesn't quite work that way. But what we can do is we can hit a reset button. We can trust that God wants us to live that new covenant, to live in a new relationship. One of the things that we do every Sunday is we have this time, we call it, we call it different things. We call it the invitation uh, in some groups, they call it the altar call. I, I, I would call it that, except I think we lost our altar and I can't find it. Uh, the, um, you know, <laughs> it's 
The point is, at some point when we come together like this, we want to be honest and real with one another. And that might mean sharing something with everybody. That might mean sharing something with one or two. That might mean sharing something with your shepherds. And so what we want to do right now is a few shepherds will be here. We're going to sing this song. Maybe today is the day you've talked to somebody about this and you've decided, you know, I want my life to start over. I want to die to sin and I want to be born into Jesus Christ. Okay. And by the way, baptism happens on any day, any time that we're ready and we're ready to confess that we believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that he is the authority. And because he is has that authority not only over our life but he has authority over death he conquered death now for some of us who've been baptized we gave our lives to christ when we were baptized but every day giving our selfish will or our own desires over to christ uh, don i appreciate your your prayer during the contribution that it's a matter of trust when we give. And that's not just true of our money. It's true of our time. It's true of our emotions. It's true of our thinking. We have to give that to God. So there might be some reason that you want to just talk to your prayer pals. Or you might want to come up here, talk to these shepherds. Or talk to them in room 100. We're going to stand. We're going to sing this song. And then uh, depending on how we respond, the next thing after that will be... Uh, our lunch together. So let's stand up and Brent, will you lead us in this song?